Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Like, like uh, Kate said, we've, uh, we woke up this morning all over this church and um, so uh, I myself woke up on the floor downstairs and uh, so that was awesome. And um, so we are uh, a little bit on the tired side, but um, we're tired because we uh, had the opportunity to, to love on people this week. Um, and as we, we start off and tell you a little bit more about what happened, I want to also thank a few people that um, are in the room, hopefully. Well, some of them are and some of them aren't. Um, there are a lot of adults, um, mostly, who, uh, that I want to thank who just gave everything this weekend. Um, that you all will see them. They have on blue shirts just like this one. Um, there's, there's so many of them that I can't name them uh, all. But we had folks who went out the day before and cleaned up houses. We had folks who made meals for our students. We had um, folks who were uh, getting snacks. And, and, and God love them, people who stayed the night, all three nights here at the church with our students. And, um, and, uh, and I want to thank our students because they made it easy on us because they were not like the crazy, like, let's go tear the church down type of kids. You know, when we told them to go to bed, they went to bed. And it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, so uh, that's always a, a great thing for a youth pastor to, to be able to do and just go to bed and, and uh, feel like the church is not going to, you know, it's going to be here when I wake up. And um, so it, Hands of Hope is definitely something that takes a lot of hands to make it work. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who has uh, been a part of that. If you're here for the first time and don't know what Hands of Hope is, um, you're on the, you're part of it today and the last part of it. And, um, that is that we, we take, um, what we would do here in the church, um, and serve each other and serve, um, the way that we would have our connection as family. And we extend that family into our community and, uh, into different places. You saw up in the pictures there, um, some kids at Murphy Harpst, um, children's home, which is out in Cedartown. Uh, we spent the day there with them. Uh, they had uh, Fun Friday, and uh, Fun Friday was us. And uh, we took uh, relay games and stuff out there, and uh, we also played a lot of dodgeball. Um, uh, Narv and, and Chris Sonnedecker cooked a, a nacho lunch for them and uh, brought that out. And uh, they did tell us that that was the best meal they'd had in months, and they want us to come back like every Friday <laughs> with it. Um, and uh, so, and it was really good um, as a whole. And then yesterday we, we spent uh, some time in a couple houses around the, uh, around the community uh, working uh, to, to beautify some things and to uh, help clean up some yard work and then also to paint a house for a lady, as you saw there, um, uh, who was just a, a super sweet lady uh, that we, we were able to connect with. And so Hands of Hope uh, offers hope into our community. And how we can go about do that. Now, up on the screen, you see the word magnify. And magnify has been our theme for the whole weekend. And um, we've talked about that as a whole. But we started out on uh, Thursday night with some pictures. And so I thought we would go ahead and do the same thing here today. We've got some ultra blown up 
like massively magnified pictures. And uh, I want, we're, this is interactive, okay? I'm a youth pastor. I'm not used to like people just staring at me. I ask questions and people just say things in the middle of stuff. Like, I mean, years ago I said something, no, some kid went, no way, like right in the middle of what I was saying. I was like, yeah, way, you know, kind of say, but it happens. But um, so I'm going to, I'm going to show you a picture of some stuff and I, you know, just call some stuff out. We're going to go through them pretty quick um, because I don't want to take a ton of time doing this, but it's really interesting and our kids got all, all over it. And so we, uh, we did some more last night. So these are a mixture of the first night and the, and the last night. So um, first up, this one should be pretty easy for you. What do you guys think this is? Needle and thread, right? Okay, so, oh gosh. Hey, can we drop um, this, the stage lights? I don't need to be part of this. Let's, let's make sure these look really good. Um, and uh, yeah, there we go, kind of. All right, so um, we're working on projection stuff. So yeah, the needle thread, that's what that is. Most of us uh, have seen those before. Um, how about this one? Oh, who said, somebody said it. It's a guitar string. Yeah, exactly. So if you're a guitar player, it was probably pretty easy. It is a wire, by the way. Um, it's just a wound wire. If, uh, so if you're a guitar player, you kind of knew what that looks like. Um, how about this one? Huh? A ballpoint pen. Yeah, that is the, end, the tip of a ballpoint pen. Um, and that is that 30 times magnification. You can actually see where the, uh, where the machine uh, machined out the edge of that tip pen and each of that little piece of router line on it and stuff like that. Um, how about this? This one's really cool, I think. Man, you guys are, hey, if you, yeah, okay, stop, okay, if you got a blue shirt on, don't give this stuff away, all right? That's no cool, that's not no bueno, okay? No, so don't do that. Um, yeah, man, this is like, I was going to talk and be like, hey, yeah, you, no way you're going to guess this one, and this is like one of my favorites. See, yeah, that's sand. Um, can you imagine, like, it's, what, for me, it was really cool because it looks like the big stuff, like shells and all that kind of stuff, but microscopically, even at a microscopic level, it still looks like all the stuff that it's made out of. It's so cool. Um, how about this one? Do not say it if you have a blue shirt on. Huh? Carpet? No, not carpet. No, not a fly. Three. Ford Pinto. <laughs> Ford Pinto. As it shreds itself going down the highway. Um, no, that's a peacock feather. Um, that's pretty crazy, right? All right, um, how about th this one's awesome. This one's going to make you feel really weird. This is, <laughs> this is uh, household dust. And if you look real, I mean, it is like all the different stuff, like... I mean, something in there is probably like cat puke and, and like threads and I, I don't know. It's everything, okay? We have, we have cats, so that's why I thought about that. Oh, this is backwards, okay? Guess what steel looks like? <laughs> that's steel. Now, to me, this was, it was awesome because um, steel is one of the strongest things that we build out of. And think about all this stuff that we build. You're sitting on steel right now. You've got a steel frame with a nice cushion on top of it. You're sitting on an interwoven threading of material that creates a strong mesh and holds that together and supports your weight. And under our microscope, look how like intricately woven metal is. It looks like fabric, doesn't it? 
It's crazy, all right? Um, this one's cool. Nope. What, somebody said scratch? Scratch, that's close. This is a uh, vinyl record. Um, and the, what, what's more interesting to me, and, and when I was looking at this as a musician, not only are you looking at the scratches on a vinyl record, you're looking at music. And um, because as that needle runs over those little striations and hits those little bumps, it vibrates and it creates that sound. And so even more than just what it is physically, you're looking at, at the, maybe somebody's voice or somebody's um, guitar that's playing or, you know, your favorite band or anything like that, just in this little tiny scratch. Um, and then this one I think is amazing because of all the intricate little pieces and how each of these little blocks are almost exactly the same. But, um, and they're made out of the same thing and put together. Anybody got an idea what this one is? It's table salt, exactly. And um, so when, you know, your blood pressure goes up and all this kind of stuff, you can at least tell your doctor it looks really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when I looked at that and I saw how intricately put together God's universe is, and when he sees these type, when we see these types of things, and the amazing part of it is, is that up until just a few hundred, I mean, not even a few hundred, but probably in the last 50 years, we couldn't see this. Like somewhere in the last 50 years, electron microscopes came to the point where we could see this kind of stuff. There are generations of people who have never seen the intricacies of God in this kind of way. Those are the elements that God has put together to make everything else taste better. He says in his word that you are salt and you are light. You are intricately put together just like this. How about this one? That's pretty disgusting looking, isn't it? It is absolutely, that is either arm hair or head hair or scalp and flaky skin. It looks like this. <laughs> this guy became our little friend over the weekend every time. We had two different ones of these that were hair, and he's just the creepiest kind of weird-looking little kid ever, but that's what I looked like in the sixth grade. So, I mean, that's, you know, I had a mullet just like that. All right, this, was my, this is still my favorite of all the ones out there that we did. This is the last one we have. Um, any idea what this is? Pollen. Pollen? No, it looks like it could be. COVID? No, it's not COVID. <laughs> Are you telling me that you thought COVID would be my favorite? Come on. You know, that's, that's not cool at all. All right, so. All right, this, this is actually a human brain cell. And um, so wrapped up in everything of who you are, all of the pieces and parts of your personality, everything that God has made you to be is implanted and encoded into these little tiny things in your brain that connect every part to you and connect every part of you to the world around you. And it's amazing to me to be able to look at that and say, wow, that's insane. That's, that's me. I'm made up of all of those little parts. And so today, as we talk about magnify, we, um, we went through um, a lot of different statements. We can bring the stage lights back up since that's the last one there. I don't want to talk to everybody in the dark. That's weird. Um, you're getting the full-on Brent now because, like, I'm so tired. I have no filter. So um, I'm going to try not to talk a whole lot. But um, I'm still in the, in the dark. Okay. So we... we um, wow. Okay. So, um, so we, we had a scripture that kind of guided us through everything that we did 
this weekend. It's from, from Psalm 34, 1 through 3. I'm going to ask, every time we read this, we read it all together out loud, so I'm going to ask you to read it out loud with me. Um, and uh, I've challenged our students. Some of them, they worked really hard. They made like hand motions and all kinds of stuff to try to remember. Um, I, tr- I challenged them to, to memorize this over the weekend, but we're way too tired to memorize things. But they do for sure know the Psalm 34, 1 through 3 at the end, which is what they really need to remember so that they can always find this if they want to. But if you would, read this aloud with me. Um, one, two, three. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Four, one through three. Yeah, I always forget to do that at the end. So this word magnify that we've been doing, that piece of scripture right there in the Hebrew, it's it's the word gadal. And it's to be made large, okay, to... In all kinds of senses, there are various senses as in body, in mind, in a state, or in honor, or in pride. It's to grow up, it's to increase, to lift up, to, to promote um, what's happening around us, to advance in that way, to get bigger and more exceedingly huge, to become greater. And so as we broke down this idea of what it is to magnify over this weekend, we did it in several different ways, but we, we started off with this statement here. What we magnify is what we blank in and through our lives. So it's what we, it's what we make large in our lives. It's what we make the greatest in and through our lives. It's what we lift up in and through our lives. It's what we promote in and through our lives. And it's what we advance in and through our lives. And this idea of in and through, we put together in the, in the, in the thought process of value. And when we talk about what it means to be valued, what it means to have um, worth in our lives, we, we feel that in an internal sense and we feel that in an external sense. And so we, we looked at this internal and external value and how the, the magnification of that is how we can, in and through our lives, experience that greatness, that abundance, that growing of that side up. Now, to kind of open this up a little bit further for you and to kind of let you hear a little bit more about what was happening during Hands of Hope in our students, I asked on the the first or second night, I don't remember which one, probably the first night, um, on Sunday morning, I would love to have some of our students be a part of this time with you. And uh, the three folks that have been hanging out here um, in the back are the three who said they felt like they wanted to do this. And so um, that's uh, Will Roberts and Kaylin Clark and Tinley Moody. And so I, I want to invite them one by one. They're going to come up and they're going to share a little bit about this internal and external value with you, as well as their experiences that they had in Hands of Hope this past week. So, um, Will, I'm going to ask you to come up first. You ready to go? Oh, you got a mic. Okay, good. All right. Good morning. So one of the things we talked about this weekend was external value, and uh, a way to like describe that is, hello, oh, a way to describe that is um, like what you kind of like put out, how you show God's love and how you show people that God loves them, and so a really good way to do that is just by making people seen, and it's super easy, and everyone can do it, and it's just like as simple as 
when you see someone like a cashier, just like a normal person you see during your day, just like maybe striking up a conversation, ask them how they're doing or how's your day going, just because when you do something like that, then it makes people feel like, well, if someone would ask you that, you know, it makes you feel like food makes people fulfilled, makes you feel better, makes you feel like people like you're noticed, like people are, you're seen. And um, I think that's important because there's a lot of people who are kind of lost and probably don't know that there's people that care about them and that God cares about them and loves them. And so it's important to show them that. Um, and when you do stuff like that, it's really fulfilling for yourself. Um, and fulfillment's another big thing I feel like that goes with external um, value because like this weekend we went over and we painted a woman's house. And when we went, or er, before I was really doubtful about how well it was gonna turn out because I didn't think like, I, I just thought it was gonna be really bad. I didn't think it was gonna look very good. And I was like pleasantly surprised at the end. And I feel like that's kind of external value. And I feel like that's God working through it and that we were able to do a good job. And when you do stuff like that, it's really, really fulfilling. Um, because obviously like another really fulfilling thing is like if you do a job and you get money and it feels great, like I love getting money. Money is probably one of the best feelings in the world like when you get money. <laughs> but it's also like really fulfilling to do stuff for other people. And um, I guess like, you know, money's kind of like a, it's like a shallow feeling compared to this because, you know, I mean, money means a lot of things because money's important, obviously, but nothing's more important than like spreading love through God and also like showing people that they matter. And um, it's much more fulfilling to do it just for like, for that reason rather than money. Um, and that's like, that kind of brings me to my last point, which is in the scripture it says God is good. And obviously we can't compare to God, but I think you can still definitely come close and you can do things that can make a difference and that can help people and that can like lift people up in just their like their day. So I think by doing stuff like this, you know, you're not gonna like come close to God necessarily, but you can help spread his word and you can help show people that they matter and that they're cared about. So I'm going to talk about internal value. And so the first thing I want to do is I want to show you a picture. Okay, so this is Mount Everest, right? It's very high up there, extremely tall, big, very overwhelming. And then there's a, another picture. And then this is from the top, and it's, you can see you're over the clouds, you're over everything. It's very, very large. And then this is another picture. And this is a satellite picture. And... It's very difficult in this picture to point out where exactly Mount Everest is because in comparison, it doesn't look as big here. And this is where it actually is, right there, that small circle. So I showed you that because I wanted to talk about perspective because in the beginning, it, the mountain looked extremely tall and very overwhelming, but then in this picture, it's much different. You can barely notice it. And that's kind of how in our lives, some things can seem extremely big and scary to us, but from God's perspective, things are much different and more calm. And it's a really good reminder that God can handle it and he is trustworthy. And there's a verse, and it's Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 32 and 33. And it says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. 
But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so I think that is really important to talk about because, you know, as you're growing up, you experience many different things in your life, and that could, those things can sometimes put you in decisions of struggling with faith and knowing where to put your trust. But when you magnify Jesus internally, you know that you can trust him, and he's always going to be there for you, and that no matter what, like, he knows exactly what you're supposed to do, and yeah, and so I think that over the weekend, um, through the different things that we did, internally, it was, we did a lot of external things, but internally, it was also very important to know what was going on, to remember to trust him, and all the things that we helped people out with, he was working through us, and just to remember that his perspective and his glory and everything that we do for him and through him can change our lives. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna, hi, I'm Kimley, by the way. Um, I'm gonna do like a mixture of the internal and external value. So Friday, we went to Murphy Harps and it was like very, Shocking is the word that I use to me as an outsider from not in their lives, not in their perspective. Um, it's also like the perspective thing. So like to them, their life is very normal. Like that's very average, very like typical. Like everyone goes through that kind of thing to them because that's what they've experienced. Now to me, I haven't gone through any of that. A lot of people that I hang out with or know haven't gone through that kind of stuff. So it was just very like shocking to me and crazy. I asked tons of questions. I was just like, how does this happen? Like, I don't understand. Um, yesterday, like in the video, we went and painted the house. But right before that, a few of us, I think there was like five of us, went to one of our friend's houses. He's in our youth group. We went to his house. Um, his dad was in a really bad accident like a couple months ago, and he's still in the hospital. So we went to his house, and we um, cleaned up his yard. We cut down some bushes, we put some pine straw, we just did a little bit, we didn't do much, but we cleaned it up, we planted some plants, we tried to make it look nice for when his dad and his mom come home from the hospital, so they have something nice to look at. So that's what we did this weekend, that's what I experienced, that was my like take on it, was all of it was just very shocking to me, even going to our friend's house yesterday and going painting yesterday, I just think it was very shocking that some of these people, this is real in their life, like an example we see this a lot on movies so like to me i'm just like this there's no way this is real like we see this in movies how is this happening in my real life and so to see that someone else has experienced this in their real life is just really crazy to me so i realized that god valued them we read some passages and i'll read a verse in a minute but i realized that god valued all of those kids and all of these people and he values all of these people more than anything in creation. We are the most valued thing in God's creation. Um, I was talking to Brent, and he helped me and everything like that. So I realized that this weekend, going through everything. So when I realized that, I realized that it was important for me to also value them. I cannot exclude them just because their life is different than mine. So I valued them just as much as God did. Um, I made connections with some kids from Murphy Harps. I made connections with people learning about AJ's story and the woman painting. We were 
I made tons of connections. And when I made the connections, I felt compassion. I really just wanted to help these people. I felt so bad that this is really happening to some people, and I just felt compassion. I just wanted to help them, like the Good Samaritan. And um, I magnified God by working in AJ's yard and painting, playing with the kids, making them have a good day, helping them, feeding them lunch. Um, I did serve in the video. I served the kids lunch. That was really big to me. Um, I was just like, felt really good that I got to serve their lunch. I got to be on the other side and help them do something. So I was magnifying God by doing all that. I felt compassion through all of that. I felt like I just wanted to help them, everything like that. So the value thing, um, I found a verse, or Brent shared a verse this weekend, from Matthew 6, 25 through 26. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet you are heavily, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So the end of that verse says, are you not much more valuable than they? Meaning they as in like all of creation. So God is pointing out, God is saying we are much more valuable than all of creation. We are the most valued thing to God and God loves us. So that verse helped me to be like, okay, if God values all of these kids and all of their situations, then I need to value all of these kids and all of their situations. And yeah, that's all I gotta say. You guys did great. And um, I, I'm, a really, I'm really proud of our students because they really did take hold of that idea of valuing other people around you and being in that place of understanding. We kind of landed on a few different uh, statements that I wanted to share with you. And um, the first night is, you heard Tinley talk about it, magnifying God in us means that we recognize God as the single largest and most influential factor in our own lives. He's the one, he's the source, he's the thing that that becomes the, the cornerstone in the head of who we are in everything that we do. And this, this also, and, comes down to the understanding that we are made in God's image and we're valued by God. Each person who's sitting in here is different than the rest of the creation around our world. Like Tinley was saying, we, we have something in us that God breathed. He made us in his image. And so often we... We look around the world and we see different people. And it's a really contentious time in our culture. It's a really battling time in our culture where there's, there's very much a two-sided thing. And a lot of times when we look at other people on the other side, we begin to disavow God's image in their life. And we forget that they may disagree about topics and disagree with the things that we think. Or their experience in life may be something completely unimaginable to us and sometimes when things are unimaginable we stop thinking about the image of God that's in that person and then we start to feel like they're not really real in some ways like there's somebody else that's that's over there and I don't have to think about them I only see the image of God in the people that I care about and it becomes a very harsh way to live life it's a very unexciting way sometimes too very mundane in all honesty to you to in my opinion 
But when we look and see in others the understanding that God's image is there and that they are valued in that way. And the idea, too, is like so many times in our own lives, we don't feel the value of God. We, we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. We look in the mirror and we, we take part of our lives and say, well, man, I, you know, I wish that I was different or I wish that I was like somebody else or I wish that this. But you were created in a way uniquely you. And every one of those grains of salt that we saw up there, they might look alike because they're all salt, but every single one of them is different. Every single one of them. No two are ever the same. And so when we, we understand and magnify in our lives the way that God thinks about us, that we are in his image and we are valued by him, that we recognize his place in our lives, that he is the most influential factor in our lives. This is in us. It should turn into an external expression of who we are. And so magnifying God in the world around us means that we magnify the image of God in other people. We look at those other people and recognize God in them. And in that mindset and in that heartbeat that we see them in a way that allows them to become real and allows them to become something that is important to us just like it is to God. We also magnify God in the systems that each and every one of us can influence. That means in your work, in your school, on your teams, on, in your family, in the, like, like Will was saying, in the grocery store, when you're seeing a cashier, you're in a system, an economic system. And we talked a lot about that last night, you know, this, like, you know, you walk up, and I don't know if any, well, most of us at some point or another worked a minimum wage, get in, the, get in the door job where you probably, you know, worked at a cash register or something. You, you worked at McDonald's or flip burgers, I don't know, you know, we've all been in that place, and it is so easy for us to say, you know, this is slow, what's taking so long with my food, I want it now, to a 15-year-old kid behind the counter who has no control over what's happening in that room, but the stress and the passion and the, and the struggle is real for them, and we just want our food, and we miss the image of God but we have an opportunity there. So when we think about all of these things in our lives, um, we, we ended last night with the story of the Good Samaritan. And these, these struggles that we see, they overwhelm us like Kalen was talking about, and we get lost in, in all the different pieces and parts of our lives. And uh, I, I wanted to share a quick story with you um, about a, a man that Kel and I had the opportunity to... Um, connect with, and I told this story to our students last night. Um, Kel and I were over near Piedmont Hospital in, uh, in Buckhead, coming home from, I don't know what we were doing, doesn't matter, but um, we were stopped at a, at a left turn light, and I watched a, a man stumble across the, the convenience store parking lot and fall into the road, like right on the edge of the sidewalk, and his head and things were basically in the road. And uh, he didn't move. I mean, he fell like a brick. And it happened right in front of another man who just stepped over him and walked on by. 
and as we're sitting there at the stoplight, you know, there's, there's cars moving and stuff, and there's people walking. And there was a nurse going to work at the hospital who walked across the street across from him and watched him the whole time as she walked across on the other side of the street and just went to the hospital and left him laying there. And by the time we, this is, you know, two minutes sitting at a stoplight. And we saw several people just walk past him like he didn't exist. So Kel and I, we, we pulled around the corner and we, we turned off and pulled into this parking lot. And I went and tried to talk to him. He was limp. He had just gotten, he had bandages all over him. It was obvious he had just gotten out of the hospital. He was a homeless man. But he's trying to get him out of the street and trying to get him to, to move. And got him at least to the edge where his head wasn't in danger any longer. You know, if a car came around the corner too quickly or something, it would have taken him out, honestly. And I'm looking around, and I look over, and I see the police officers from Piedmont. And they're watching me. And as soon as I stand up and go to walk towards them, they take off and try to go into the hospital. And I'm yelling across the street, stop. Please stop. And they finally, one of them comes back, and he's like, well, the, he, he's, he's a man who was here in the hospital, and he didn't want to get on the bus. And so he knew that if he got drunk, he, they wouldn't let him on the bus. So he went and got a bunch of liquor and got all, you know, got liquored up, and now he's passed out. And I was like, it, it doesn't matter. I was like, you know, they were like, we can't help him because he's not on Piedmont property anymore. And um, I said, can you at least call an ambulance for me? And so they did that. And I came back over to where he was, and Kel went in and got him a water, and we eventually were able to get him standing up straight and moved over into a grassy area where the landscaping was. We got him back down on the curb, and he just flops back down on the ground, and I, I started talking to him, and his name was Barry. And uh, he was in Buckhead, but he lived in a tent in Avondale, which is all the way over on the side by Decatur. But that's where his doctors were, were in this hospital. And he'd come there because he said, I'm an alcoholic, but they won't help me because I want to detox and they won't let me stay here long enough. And I thought, how often... Do we just step over people? Sorry, I'm very tired. <laughs> so, I'm very tired. But I'm, I'm tired also in my heart of seeing people stepped over, ignored, not being seen. Our mountains and our problems are so big, we don't care about everybody else's. When we as a church, especially, have the opportunity to stand in the place of our Savior and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I told Kel when we got back in the car, the, the ambulance finally came. Um, they were just jumping in, you know, trying to do it. I stopped the guy. He was busy, too. I said, listen, he doesn't want to go back to this hospital because they won't help him detox. Is there some place you can take him? And he, and, you know, he 
obviously. He was like, I will do my best to try to find a place to take him where he can actually get the help he needs. But we drove away, and I, I looked at her, and I said, we just experienced the story of the Good Samaritan. When the person, people just stepped over him. When a nurse, like the priest in the story, who's supposed to take care of people, just looks and walks by on the other side. And I don't, I don't want to take their lives and say, like, okay, you know, like they don't have real issues either. I get it. Okay. The priest and the Levite in the story, they have issues that they got to deal with too. Mark and I were talking about this last night. You know, the priest, if he had touched that man who was beaten, would become unclean and he wouldn't be able to do his job anymore. And that's, there's a whole kinds of stuff that goes along with it, you know. But the fact is, is that the ability to see that man and to respond comes from the magnification of God in our lives and understanding the way that we're valued by God so that we can in turn value the world around us like him. At the end of the Good Samaritan story, Jesus asks the man, so who do you think is the neighbor? And this lawyer responds that obviously the Samaritan was the neighbor. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. It's easy to come to church. It's easy to be here. It's easy to be the people of God when we're all together. But when we magnify God in this place, but when we go and it doesn't happen out there, the world doesn't see the beauty and the power of God's love and image in their lives. So if there's anything we can take from Hands of Hope this year, is that the magnification that we feel, the, 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 the joy of our salvation that we feel in our hearts, the overwhelming sense of the, the picture of the depth of God's love and his ability and his trustworthiness in our lives can be turned into something that changes the atmosphere of our communities and our culture and our world. But we have to put him in the greatest position and put ourselves in a position to present him. So this morning, as we, we close, there's a lot of barbecue waiting for us downstairs. And if I talk too long, it's going to get cold. But that mountain of temperature cannot get in the way of the work that God needs to do in my heart and in each of our hearts as we get ready to prepare to leave this place. All around our community, there are tent cities in the woods. I was behind Big Air. I, I parked back there. After, if I get Taco Bell, I find shade behind that building to sit and watch TV while I eat. It's stupid. But I saw some trash on the edge of the, the curb there, and I thought, that's odd. And so I walked out of my car and looked down over the embankment. And in the gully in the woods, there's a camp. And there's toys around the tent and an American flag planted in the middle of the ground. People who are proud of whatever they can scrap together. And they love their life as much as they can get it. But our community is broken and hurting and they need the church. Let's be it. So I ask you today, in my, all my tiredness, in my stupid crying, to 
to take seriously a call to an altar where you can do business with God and make the decision to glorify him and magnify him in this community because he's the only hope for our world. And we are the hands and feet that brings that hope to those people. Let's pray. And I ask you, if, that's, if that touches your heart, to come to an altar and ask God to give you the strength to magnify him in everything you do. Father, today, you are good. I've said this all weekend, that you are good and that your love endures forever. It endures through everything. God, all around this place, all around this, this, this beacon of your love are people who are broken and hurting. All in this room, God, there are people who are broken and hurting. Your image, your heartbeat, your presence in our lives is the thing that can overcome the brokenness and hurting of our world. It doesn't make all the problems go away, but you give us the strength and the ability to stand and you give us the, the perspective that you need to show us so that we can be your people in this world. God, help us to open our hearts to our community. Help us to love first and then stop there. God, it's your job to bring holiness. It's your job. Your righteousness is what we seek. We seek your face, God. And we love first, and that's it. In the hurt and the brokenness, we present your love to people so that they can find that hope and that joy that they need in their life. The joy of salvation. The joy of your grace. The joy of being your child. The joy of knowing the image that you've put in their heart because people who have met you already have pointed it out to them. God, we thank you for involving us in your kingdom. We thank you for the opportunity to be your people. And God, today, we thank you that you have given us something like hands of hope that wakens us from our slumber. Help us to hear the alarm and to get out of bed and to get off our, our chairs and our lives and our problems and to walk into your community where you want us to speak and be. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.